everyone. Welcome back to A&D Do ID, where we discuss some kind of high-yield infectious disease topics. As we've talked about in the past, uh, infectious disease is a high, high percentage of your pediatric boards. And so it's a good topic to always go through um, whenever you can. All right. So this month, we're going to be talking about some fungal infections. Uh, there's probably five or six that we really need to hit on that are pretty high yield for the boards. And we'll try and give you a few things to help you remember and get those extra points. All right. First up, coxie, as I was trained because I uh, went to med school in Arizona where it is rampant. Everywhere, everyone gets coxie, but it's also called coccidiomycosis. I was going to say, what's coxie? You gotta, yeah, you gotta right? Give me more than coccidiomycosis, where all the dogs get it in Arizona and then they give it to their to their owners, which is a nice little fun fact for you. Not on the boards, probably. Well, sometimes they do like to test locations, and they may tell you that it's somebody in the southwest United States that's going to clue you in that coccidiomycosis could be your answer. And uh, it often presents very similarly to, like, TB with night sweats and fever, cough, this kind of indolent sort of uh, presentation. That nice, vague kind of flu-like illness. Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It could be anything or nothing. Exactly. Yeah. But if you get this kind of picture and they tell you in the question stem that this patient's from Arizona or Texas, then you might get that little light bulb in your head that says ding, ding, ding. And what would you treat them with? Oh, I think you're going to reach for one of those big guns like Ampho, Amphotericin B, or maybe you could get away with some fluconazole or ketoconazole, but an azole du jour, antifungal. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, then there's the other one that's more local here in Indiana. See, everywhere I go, there's a fungal infection following, apparently. You need to find a place in the United States to move <laughs> that is, does not have funguses. I guess. Fungi. Because here in Indiana, we don't have coccidiomycosis. We have histoplasmosis. But it's very similar. Is that right? It is. And again, it's one of those that you may hear... Ohio, Indiana, Ohio River Valley, that's going to give you a clue in that histo could be the answer they're looking for. And similar presentation, influenza-like symptoms, kind of malaise, generalized, achy, not feeling great, cough, fevers, night sweats, those sorts of things. I do think that uh, histoplasmosis actually will cause a little bit more hepatosplenomegaly than um, some of the other fungal infections, so that could be an additional clue for you. So you can kind of tie those together, the H and H, you know, always yeah, looking ooh, away for, to remember things. So I like that. Get some hepatosplenomegaly in your histoplasmosis. And uh, this one, especially in disseminated disease, you definitely reach for amphoterrible, you know, amphotericin B, and you treat them aggressively because this can be uh, deadly. I've seen it. Pretty, pretty sick kids in it. So treat them aggressively. FYI, the reason I called it amphoterrible is because it has some pretty terrible side effects, and so it's important to know that. Uh, most uh, importantly, nephrotoxic uh, also can cause hypokalemia and has some febrile reactions. It has a very large side effect profile, and so it's really important that when you use it, you know that you really need it. How is histo transmitted? That is a good question. It is uh, from bird droppings, like all good funguses. There's another one, though, that's bird bird droppings, too. Do you know what it is? There is. Hold on. Wait for it. That's crypto, right? Yeah. 
But remember, their full name is Cryptococcus. Okay? Yes. Yeah, no, it's Cryptococcus. Cryptococcosis. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Crypto. It's right. It's close enough. Yeah, good. Yeah. Crypto is associated with uh, AIDS. That's kind of our classic, like, someone with AIDS is playing with some pigeons, and now they have cryptococcus. But their symptoms are are similar, but they're more like headache, meningitis type type, uh, syndrome. Yeah. So these people can actually be pretty sick when they come in, so... Um, you get a fungal infection in somebody that has AIDS or HIV, then crypto is going to be your answer. Again, amphotericin B, reach for the big guns. These are not like, these are not their simple little, you know, yeast infection in a baby. This is a big, terrible disease. So we treat them with amphotericin. Yep, exactly. All right, what's next? All right, so I'm going to give you this case real quick. I, ha- I actually had this case, so it's, it kind of works. So this guy's a gardener, and he comes in, and he's got a rash that's been spreading up his hand. What's he got going on? I know this one. He pricked his uh, finger on a rose bush, didn't he? He did. He did. Sporotrichosis. Or rose gardener's disease. It's so aptly named, you know? Like, you hit the rose, you get rose gardener's disease, whatever it's called. Sporotrichosis. Sporotrichosis. Exactly. So it's kind of cool when you actually see it and you get to kind of tie these things together. It's a lot easier to remember. Um, Sporotrichosis, though, can have systemic complications, but the lymphocutaneous type is the most likely. So you'll get this rash that usually starts on the hand or one of the fingers and starts to spread up the arm. And you're going to treat this with one of the uh, conazoles de jour as well. Now, just a side note... uh, Previously, and it depends, I think the boards are getting a little bit closer to up to date, but just so you know, in previous, uh, previously it was thought the treatment for this was potassium, actually, which is a little bit weird. I used to think gardeners have a pot of plants and they would use potassium as kind of a way to remember it. The newer recommendations are for an azole, like David said, so just keep that in your mind if you're ever like, what? There's no azole, I can't treat this. That I think it's actually itraconazole is itraconazole. the up to date yeah. answer. I think, it, I think that's correct, yeah. Um, okay, so what else we got? All right, we've covered quite a few so far. What do we got next? Okay, this is actually one of my favorites because it's kind of cool. It's a fungal infection that then mimics an asthmatic. So it, aspergillosis is what it's called. They often present like an asthmatic with worsening asthma, wheezing, eosin, they'll have high eosinophils, they'll have infiltrates on their chest x-ray, but it won't respond to your normal asthmatic uh, treatments. So it's a little bit kind of interesting. Keep on your differential. So that's like when you see that asthmatic and you've been treating them and you've been crushing them with steroids and they're not getting any better. And then all of a sudden you're like, what else could this be? And then it's that like ABPA, right? Allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis. Yep, that's it. That's the name of it. Um, The treatment is voriconazole. Again, it's another azole. You often can kind of get lucky on the the boards and, and pick the right one. In real life, I would look it up. Is there any specific way to test for this? So surprisingly, there is, and often they do this in stem cell transplant kids um, because it puts them at a higher risk for fungal infections such as aspergillosis. You get a serum galactomannan. And it's positive in aspergillosis? Correct. You're looking for a positive serum galactomannan in aspergillosis. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the godfather of... Fungus. Candida. All of the fungi. All the fungus. 
It's always candida. I mean, this is kind of the most common fungal infection we encounter, especially as pediatricians. But in general, um, what else? What else do we need to know about this? Well, usually, I mean, you're going to have some kind of antibiotic association. That's like somebody that's been taking antibiotics, and all of a sudden they have this yeasty infection. That's going to be your candida. Usually in their mouth or diaper area, pretty mild, right? Exactly. What if it becomes like bad, like a systemic candida infection? Well, then you're going to look for somebody who's like chronically immunosuppressed, your stem cell patients for sure, bone marrow transplants, organ transplants, any type of active cancer, or even sometimes just your really chronically immunosuppressed um, corticosteroids patients. And don't forget burn patients, right? Indeed. Burn. So the this one kind of, you don't have to always go so, you know, sh- big antifungal. You can just kind of use your fluconazole, itraconazole. Um, for thrush oral nystatin, which I'm sure every pediatrician here listening to has uh, prescribed more times than they could count. Yep. And there was one uh, other reason that I remembered that you can have candida. Is sometimes you'll have your kids that have a pick line and they're getting TPN long term. It increases their risk for candida. So keep that in mind too. Well, great. We are now all better pediatricians because we know about some funguses. All of the fungi. All the fungus. All right, I totally have a topic-appropriate joke for you right now. Okay, hit me. All right. Mushroom walks into a bar. Bartender says, we don't serve your kind. He says, why not? I'm a fun guy. Hilarious. LOL. LOL, everyone. We'll see you next time.